Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lefondra looking to get outside of Fon. Lefondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, today's a very special episode. I've been joined by Tom McIntyre at Bellwood. I mean, Tom, you are having an absolutely crazy last few weeks. How's it been? Yeah, it's been pretty nuts, actually. Um, getting the, the stress and sort of worry of, of staying up um, has just sort of taken over my life, really, for the past few months especially and then for it to sort of I don't know come come to the point where I've scored two important goals um, it's just been so it's been it's been amazing but I'm I'm quite tired from it all now um, but I think that's to be expected of my sleep over that weekend was quite affected and I didn't get much at all um, just sort of running on adrenaline I think um, but no it's been been a dream come true really to get those two goals and um, yeah, help us help us stand deep yeah. just a dream isn't it I mean as a fan you kind of like you know, we've all had that as young people growing up watching their teams and then all of a sudden you're the person doing it that's mad isn't it and not once Tom but twice yeah and like you varied the celebrations as well so I've got to admire that did you learn from the first celebration or like you just your mind just you don't even know where you are when you score. No, no, you don't. And um, I'd love to say that I actually I thought about the celebrations, but the second one I didn't expect to. Well, I didn't expect to score the first one, but let alone the second one. So yeah, when it happens, it's just like sheer emotion, and uh, yeah, I don't really know what to do with myself when I score. I felt like that's as happy as you can ever be. I, I feel I don't feel feel like there's any. Um, moment in your life that could beat that apart from obviously I'm not a dad or anything but maybe when your children are born maybe that's a happy moment but yeah that was uh, the best best feeling I've ever had yeah yeah I can totally see that and both quality finishes as well I mean I'm picking you up big time here yeah. right Tom, but like they really were it's like striker finishes like left foot right foot you combine the two it's just wonderful and the second one though 95th minute and then you go and conduct 
like the stand and doing the song. We won't go into the lyrics now because that's not wise, but that must be incredible doing that as well. Yeah, it was. I always, um, I don't know, I've always like enjoyed that charm. I really do like that charm. And uh, yeah, I just felt like it was, it was right at that moment to, uh, to get it going, really. Yeah. yeah, six points down, but we won't go any further with that one. That could definitely get us in trouble. But yeah, it's been a, been a while since you made your debut, hasn't it? 2018, Rotherham away, one all. you get mad at the match. Like you see sat here, but like the wall one that you've got from that, yeah. the fracture of your skull. I mean, when you look back, how much has your kind of like experience in life changed since that day? Um, do you know what? I'd say for like the months after it was, I was a bit nervous about heading the ball and I'd say months, probably for another year after that, I was a bit nervous about heading the ball and that was something that I've always thought has been a strong part of my game and something that I've always loved doing. So for that year, it was a bit strange um, and it did knock me back a bit really. Um, and especially with the operation that I had, it was quite an invasive operation and um, I was re really quite ill in hospital for a few days after that as should be expected. Um, yeah, I think it was tough also for my family as well. Um, I didn't realise at the time. I'd already had an operation on my knee before, so that was the first ever operation I'd had, and that went relatively smoothly. Um, so I thought it would just be quite straightforward, really. Um, but yeah, your head's different, isn't it, when, when your head's involved. So um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock, and I didn't expect it to be as bad as what it was. Um, I think, yeah, it worried my family's sick, yeah. Yeah, well, I can imagine, I mean, it's a proper serious injury. Forget about football. Yeah. It's big, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, kind of, yeah, the people around you, and also kind of like when you're saying how it affected you afterwards. Uh, people don't think about that when they have injuries. They think they just come back and then they're straight back into it. But it just doesn't work like that. No, no. No, not at all. It's, um, yeah, with all injuries, I think most, I, I don't know about everyone else, but I think I always do worry about, um, if I get an injury in one place that it will happen again or um, yeah just about just I'm quite a worry I'm a warrior in general um, so I do worry about a lot of things and I think that um, yeah that just made me worry even more with it being so serious with my head and uh, especially as a centre-back that's a big part of your game so yeah for that to happen was a yeah, big shock. Yeah it was I mean look where you are now I mean look <laughs> into the positive yeah. side of it You've obviously developed now into a championship defender. You're there, you've played a lot this season of a left back. Um, what would you say about playing there? Where would you say your preferred position is looking forward ideally? Kind of like a team next season now looking at it would all it would always be a centre back. I um, obviously have come through the academy playing centre back and that's been my main position, but I do really enjoy playing in midfield as well. Um, and I think that sort of I think my qualities are probably better suited to, to centre back I'd say but if I can add that string to my bow and be able to play in midfield I think that's invaluable in a, in a, in a team like Renan because maybe in the last few years we haven't had as big squads or there's been a lot of injuries and being able to fill in different positions really does help the team out um, but again obviously as every footballer would say their ambition is to get to the top of the game and I feel that if I'm to get to the top of the game, it, it would be in centre-back, I think. Um, you look at the best midfielders in the world, they're, they're, they're amazing technically. And I'm not saying I'm not good technically, but 
I feel like they're another level and to just step in here and there is, is, is a tough ask to, to do that. Do you remember one flick that you did QPR away last season for Elise? Yeah. And you say you don't need a technical. I think I can see the smile on your face when I read it. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, so it's in there. Yeah, it's definitely. There. I, I yeah. feel like I'm, I, I feel like that's a strong part of my game is being comfortable on the ball. And I think mm. a big part of that is growing up in the academy and stuff. They always teach you to be able to play in different positions and be comfortable on the ball. Um, and I always think when you see a player who's come through an academy, from watching football myself or maybe a lad that's come through non-league you can see sort of small differences as to how they receive the ball and uh sort of how they move on the ball it's always it's, it's a bit subtle and probably to most people you wouldn't notice it but i always feel that coming through the academy really did help me a lot technically yeah for sure yeah totally and also you come through a era of being a hogwood now a bellwood yeah the players that are going to come through here got so many more advantages compared or maybe or you're going to say you know old school if you like have the whole world i don't yeah. know what's better because here it's beautiful isn't it yeah yeah oh definitely yeah it's, it's absolutely amazing facilities brilliant pitches um we've got a great gym and stuff so yeah in terms of um what you're saying that we've got everything that we'd ever want it works both ways doesn't it because at the same time yeah, you're right. If you have all those um, facilities at such a young age, maybe you get a bit too comfortable with it. Um, and I know there's people who will say both ways, but even even at Hogwood, the, the facilities were great at Hogwood as well. It, it may have been a bit smaller and less pitches, but again, I think it's just about whatever happens is keeping those young players grounded and making sure that they never forget where they came from and, uh, and what they're trying to achieve really, yeah. Yeah, obviously, you are kind of like, I, I always say, I'm doing on that old part role, it's like the king of the game, basically. Which obviously, <laughs> like is, that, so. yeah, you like that, you like that, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's like, I can't decide which one's a bigger red than I can now, before we lie on you. It is really a tough one, because like, you are just kind of there as the fan on the pitch, but you deserve to be there on the pitch. It's not going to like, you know, that's why people love it. It's because you're delivering. Yeah. That's the most important factor, isn't it, now, for you going forward and just playing 30, 40 games in the season? Yeah, definitely. That's um, always something that I want the fans, as much as I want them to like me as maybe like a Reading fan, I want them to, to like me as a player. I don't want that, are oh, we really like him because he's a Reading fan. I want them to like me as a player too. So, um, no, that's, a, that's an important thing for me. I never, I never sort of rest on my laurels that I, I don't feel like I'm owed anything I feel like I'm I've always got a point to prove and, and I'm always trying to show how good I am and um, yeah as I'm getting older I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just do that more and more really, yeah yeah you're only 23 though Tom yeah you've still got quite a few years yeah definitely yeah. quite a lot but you've obviously seen in that period since you came into the team I've seen counting up early I've got six managers you've gone through yeah that's quite a lot. You've obviously seen the change of manager since you came in here this season. You've had yeah. Pavic and you've had Paul Ince now. Well, what are your thoughts on both those managers? Well, touching on the, the amount of managers I've had, I think that's that's been tough as a young player coming through. I think there's been a few of us that, maybe like me, Tom, um, Andrew Rinnemote is a bit older, but yeah, me and Tom mainly, I think we spoke, we've spoken about it a lot. It's when you're a young player and you're trying to make your your way in the game, having different managers um, 
is tough because a manager will come in and, and maybe see that you haven't played as many games as, as someone else and then they won't have watched many games before and it's always you're always trying to prove yourself I feel um, which may be a good thing um, but yeah as a, as a younger player when you're making your way in the game it's, it's always tough when the manager is changing um, but yeah in terms of this year it's yeah, it's been, there's been a few different hiccups and, uh, and whatnot, but I think since the, the, the new manager came in, um, Paul, he's, he's been brilliant with me. Um, and the main thing I feel like he's done is really put a lot of confidence into me. Um, and I feel like at the start of the season, maybe things weren't going our way and I think confidence was quite low. And I think since I've been back fit this side of uh, the new year, I think he's, he's just, really just filled me with so much confidence that I can just go out and, and, and play my normal game with really, yeah. Yeah, next after the Sheffield United game in the post-match interview when you were totally buzzing, you could see that clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying that how you were so happy that it showed how much faith in you to play you in the centre mid yeah. in that role because, you know, it's a risk for him as well, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Like, he's trying to keep the job as well, yeah. but you delivered 100%. So. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It was obviously a position I haven't played much this year. Um, well, at all actually, that was my first game this year in Sentiment and yeah, for him to s sort of speak to me and just say, just go out and do your, do your thing, it just made me feel comfortable to go out and do that because I don't know, there's been times this year where I don't feel like I've had that, had that confidence um, necessarily and, and that's been a real big thing that I've felt from him is, is he's just sort of instilled that in me and um, yeah, give me confidence really, I think that's massive as a footballer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you look at the experiences he had as a player, you can't doubt him as a player at all. No, no, I mean, he's one of the best midfielders in Premier League history. I'd say. I, I yeah. don't think that's overestimated. No, it's not. So to hear from him and put faith in you must feel amazing. Yeah, definitely. And I think as a player, that's all you want as a manager to, to fully believe in you and um, make you feel good. Because when you feel good, you play, you tend to play better. So, yeah, it's a massive thing. Yeah, yeah, talking about like confidence as a player and how it affects you and how these situations happen in football. In the previous season, you've maybe kind of had some games that hadn't maybe gone so well, but then maybe you've spoken to it's Mark Bowden. Yeah. And kind of like, you can tell us more about how he's affected your kind of outlook on different situations. Um, well, how it started was I um, had a game last year where we lost, I can't remember what the score was, but we lost anyway, and I was really disappointed with how I played. Um, and people may or may not they, they may have different opinions on him but Liam Liam Moore was the captain at the time and um, he, he spoke to me and he'd seen him previously and he just said I think it would be great for you to go and see him um, and he he actually booked me in to see him uh, and, and paid for the whole course for me which okay. isn't cheap no. um, and that's just one of the many things that Liam's done um, for me to really help me and I think when me being in the same position as him trying to get his spot I think that just shows well to me that shows what a character he is to, to have helped me out so much and um, yeah because he didn't need to do that at the time um, and that's really helped me no end um, he just sort of changed my mark this is he changed my um, just whole outlook on games to be more positive about it going in um, because obviously it's only natural to, as a defender as well, to think, oh, if I give a ball away or if I make a mistake, they'll, it'll be a disaster, this and that. And that was maybe, at that point when I played, it maybe 
I'd maybe built it up so much that, I don't know, maybe I just, I did crumble a little bit in that, in that second half of that game. Um, and it was the first time in my football where I thought, well, I'm, I'm not good enough for this really. And, and those sort of thoughts did go through my head as, as it would to anyone, I, I imagine. Um, but yeah, he just, he, he taught me all different techniques and there's stuff I even do now and it's become more um, of a routine now. Um, when I first started doing, doing the course with him, I'd, I'd write it all down and, and I'd sort of refer back to it. But now it's, I've sort of got into a, a position where it just comes natural now before games to, to think positively and amongst various other things. But yeah, I'll um, forever be in, in, indebted to, to Mark London. Yeah, sounds really fascinating. It's just another example of footballers are robots. No, no, they no, don't no. go home and just forget about everything. And as much as some people seem to think that it doesn't work like that, Tom, does it for no. any player? Not just yourself. No, no, not at all. And I think with the serious injuries that I've had um, when I was younger, um, that play on my mind as well. Um, before games, yeah, I'm being quite open here about it. I've not really told. I've not really openly spoke about this before, but um, yeah, it, it, I'd get really anxious before games, um, just worrying about injuries, and and then there would be times when I'd have a have a horrible feeling that I would get injured in a game, and going into a game with that sort of mindset was was completely wrong, and I knew that at the time, but didn't really know how to change that, and I could pick out games in the past where I've had that sort of feeling before. I won't go into the game, yeah. but. If I, if I mentioned the games to you, you'd be like, oh yeah, he didn't have a great game there, or he looked a bit off it there. And I'm, I'm not making excuses at all, but this was just sort of my, my mindset before some games. And um, Mark's kind of sort of ridden me of that um, and, and sort of got, got that out of my game because it was never going to help me. And um, you've always got to be positive. And uh, he explained it to me as putting the pin back in the grenade. So as soon as you start thinking these thoughts, it will just blow up in your head. Um, and he always said, just put the pin back in and uh, put the grenade to the side. So that's kind of what goes through my head now. Yeah, yeah no, that's really fascinating because yeah, I'm sure like you'll there'll be lots of other footballers in the same situation. Oh, no. sports people. Yeah, yeah. the joker. Yeah, they like could need that advice and it could change that whole outlook and everything. And uh, people suffering because when you're in the like football world or anything sporting, you're in the public eye. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all sit there. I'm sure you do, Tom. Sometimes yeah. at home when you watch your football, you have opinions, but you don't put it out there. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But with football, everyone will put it out there on social media, and that can be a really disastrous place to be hanging out after a game if it hasn't gone well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I think um, maybe as a Reading fan growing up, I'm, obviously I'm on Twitter and I follow all the Reading pages. Um, and, and it's great when it's going well, but when it isn't, that really does just, it, it, it weighs on you a lot, I think. And there might be people that's thinking, oh, why, why is he unfollowing me or, or this and that? But in the end, I think it was earlier in the year, I just had to mute all, a lot of the accounts, a lot of Reading related accounts, because I just didn't want to see it. Um, as much as maybe I agreed with some things and disagreed with others, I just thought for me, it was just better that I just sort of distanced myself from that a bit. Um, and I think that was important because you can get bogged down and um, sort of, I get the fans, maybe mood might be low at times and, and rightly so, but I think as a player, you can't, you can't get dragged into that because 
you've got to be positive as a player regardless of how the results are going or how the team's doing so yeah that was something that I uh, I did earlier in the year so yeah anyone who's listening don't, don't take it personally no. I'm not going to take it personally <laughs> at all I totally understand that because you need to get yourself in this kind of like happy medium level don't you yeah because otherwise you're just going to be all over the place reading that that's not yeah, I know. at all no not at all no. no so let's kind of like move on to some more kind of like happy times yeah. and kind of like football um, when you look back at like when you were growing up possibly playing for Reading you obviously joined the club when you were 8 years old has it lived up to everything that you thought it would be or is it better or worse I don't know uh we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'd say as, as, as you'd expect, really. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of maybe negative sides that you don't see. As, as you're growing up, it's always like sunshine and rainbows and I play for Reading and everything will be great. And, and that's, I'm sure, what a lot of people think. And on the most part, it is. But there's obviously times like we've mentioned that it's not as, um, it's not as dreamlike as you, as you do think, I think. The games... When you do play, when you don't have as good a game as well, and I think that maybe affects me more because I know, because I want to do so well for the club and, and sometimes you don't, I think that, yeah, that does affect me a lot. But on the, on the most part, I think, yeah, it's been a, yeah, it's been, I'm living my dream really. You know, I, I'll never say that I'm not, but um, yeah, there is, there, is tough, there is tough times as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know what everyone else is going to think, but I just say what I think here. Is that no one can ever doubt your commitment. No. And I think that's the most important factor. Um, we can all have, like, say that, like, I've played, I don't, never played in my life. But <laughs> so, it's like, you see players, and if you feel that they're committed, that's what you can ask. Yeah. They can have ups and downs because they're humans. We can't all be like Ronaldo's or Messi's, can we? Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. No, 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 not at all. So, um, but yeah, I think growing up and uh, yeah, how, I've, how I've been brought up, it's always been to give give 100% regardless of what's going on and, and that's something that in my opinion is the bare minimum for any player really um, it's just giving 100% and uh, yeah, running, running in the knackers I'm sure. <laughs> maybe a bit harder at centre back I, that's, that's another thing is um, when I play in midfield I feel like I can do that Yeah. I, I feel like as a midfielder the bare minimum that you should do is just run about and, and get about the pitch and be all action um, Whereas, yeah, it's a bit different. When you're playing at centre-back, you've got to be careful about doing that because you don't want to be running here, there and everywhere. Oh, are we going to have this thing, like I had this before this with Liam, it's like all these other players around the pitch get away with these little things that they do. Us centre-backs, we're basically 
the poorest thing then. Yeah, yeah. Is that basically? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mindset completely flips when I'm playing, whether I'm playing at centre back or midfield, mm. um, into like cautious mode or. <laughs> You can be a bit more adventurous, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like you said, the party turned into Obi or John Swift. It's kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can listen to sort of different songs in the changing room before. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you will, because yeah, it's like a pre-match build-up, isn't it? Do you like going to worry mode when you're playing centre back? Yeah. Instead of like so. Yeah. A bit more serious mode as well. Yeah. 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 I've I've always felt that as I um, prepared differently, depending on where I'm playing, which is a bit strange. You should prepare. <laughs> You should prepare uh, the same all the time, but yeah, I feel a bit more relaxed when I'm playing with this Yeah, yeah no, that's interesting. No, I can see how it works, because you're basically doing it as your roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them's a bit more performance, and a bit, the other one's a bit more kind of like, I'm going to stop you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah, so what do you think is the difference, main difference that you've seen between like the arrival of Paulin since Panovic left? Um, kind of like tactically or in the change of dressing room or how he deals with you maybe? Uh, I think since the new manager came in there's been a lot more discipline. Um, I think maybe it was tough. It was tough with, with how things were going I think. The team was at such a low point with the old manager that it was hard to, to keep that discipline I think. But since the new manager's come in I think there's been a real shift in yeah, just in just tightening up the discipline really, which I think is really important. Um, as well as I think we've done a lot more, as people have probably said already, that we've done a lot more sort of defensive structure in training. That I felt we, we've obviously conceded a lot of goals this year, um, and I felt he's come in and really sort of nailed it on as to where. We get the wingers, he's put a lot of emphasis on the wingers and a lot of demands on the wingers to get back in and support the fullbacks and, and, and support the midfielders so that we force the ball out wide. Um, and I get people might be sat listening going, well, you've lost 3 0 to Hull and you've lost this game and this game. But I think on the whole, when you look at our results, they have improved a lot towards the back end of the season. And um, I think that's a really important part of it is, is the amount of defensive structure work. Um, we've done since he came in and I felt like just in my opinion maybe that um, the manager previous didn't want to maybe upset some of the some of the lads or he may have thought that because we were in such a sort of negative negative period of the season that maybe doing defensive defensive shape would have just caused more negativity in a way um, but I think yeah, where it got to, I think that's been important that he's come in and solidified us a bit more. Yeah, so I'm, I can't speak for you here, but would you like to see Paul in stay on next year? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, uh, I think he's done a, done a great job, regardless of what I've seen different opinions and whatever. But in my opinion, I think he's come in and he's he's done exactly what he needed to do. And I felt like at the time when he came in. Had he not come in, maybe we'd have, maybe we would be sat in this position now. Um, and I think a lot of credit's got to go to him and, uh, and the way he's, he's uh, yeah, just got us out of that, the rut that we were in really. Um, and I think when, when he came in, I don't think there was many other expectations other than to stay up and he's done that. So in my opinion, I think he is the, the right man for it, yeah. Yeah, well, if you look at it, two defeats in the last day, 
that's not that bad, is it? I mean, no. I think that's an amazing run from where we've been. Yeah, I would say amazing, to be honest, because yeah. we're never knowing, but I, I felt with the previous manager we were going to get relegated. And I didn't want to see that happen, no. but I felt that we weren't going in the right direction. No. And But we'll never know that, so it's all hypothetical. Uh, and sometimes it's not, because maybe you're right in, in thinking that, and sometimes it's not, it's not maybe the old manager was the wrong person, um, but sometimes things just need a change, don't they? And I think that was the right time to, to have a change and we, we don't know what would have happened if, if we'd stayed and, and we played the rest of the season, but all, all I know now is that we're safe and, and the new manager's come in and done a top job. Yeah. Obviously, we prefer safety on Saturday against Hull City with not an ideal result, let's not dress that up, but then you have the situation at the end when you're kind of, the away end is celebrating because you stayed up, but you've just lost 3 0. See, what do you feel like? You're like, do I join in, celebrate? You're in that weird limbo. Yeah, that was a really odd, it was a really odd moment, I thought, at the end, um, because the main aim throughout the whole sort of last few months of the season has been to stay up and, and managing to do it was was massive but at the same time we have lost we have lost the game 3-0 and yeah it was a bit I was I walked over and clapped the fans and stuff and they were it, it seemed like it looked like we, we'd have won if you'd have just seen the fans it felt like that time in the way yeah. it was really hard because like I, you obviously won't know this but everyone for the last five ten minutes just looked at the phones yeah. <laughs> because what was happening on the pitch was kind of irrelevant. If Forest lost, beats or beat Peterborough, it's all yeah. mattered. But for you, you were obviously focused on getting the goal back. Yeah, definitely. But of course, that was going through my head as well. But I, I was, I, I remember we walked in at half time um, and I glanced up at the scoreboard and it said that Forest were, it was Forest, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. They were 1 0 up. Um, so yeah, as much as you were thinking about it, I was thinking about it as well. Um, but yeah, well, I. We've lost the game three now, so it was a slight. You're always a bit embarrassed when you lose a game three now. I think as as you should be, but yeah, walking over to the fans at the end was yeah, it was a bit strange. I didn't know how. If I'm honest, I didn't know how to react. Um, but I was I was at that moment I was just gutted that we lost really. Um, but yeah, when you you look at the bigger picture and the manager said after that we we've done what we set out to do so. He obviously wasn't happy with how we played, but yeah, at the end of the day, that was the main thing, and um, yeah, it was keeping the, keeping the team in good position. Yeah, totally, and that's all that matters because it's not just about like us playing in the championships next season, it keeps people in jobs, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it's really because you know these people that are not on like wages like the footballers are, yeah. but they just on living in a normal, normal wages. But you know what I mean, the situation's very different for them, they'll be affected far more. Oh, 100%. Like I, I have so many friends and stuff uh, at the club who, who work here and, and yeah, we have lost their jobs and uh, that weighs on you as well. Um, and, and yeah, I know not everyone's going to be here next year, but there's ones, there's some of us who are going to be here and, and yeah, it's a massive worry. You don't, you obviously as a player, you don't want to have to drop down the division at all. Um, and so I saw, I've seen before in the past people saying, oh, why are they celebrating staying up? Like it's been a terrible season, this and that. but. At the end of the day, of course we don't want to be in this position, and 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 we haven't performed to to how we think we should we, we should perform. But when you've got all those worries at the time, 
when you finally do get safe, it's a, it's a brilliant feeling, you know? And, and I don't think anyone can really take that away from you, the fact that you do have those worries and the relief when, you, when we did finally stay up was, was immense, yeah. I look at the team and since Paul Lynch has come together, you look more of a unit. Yeah. To me, I don't know how that is within your environment, but the way you come together and kind of like stood up for the fact, yeah, you, you did lose, but we, we've achieved it. We've had a six point deduction, which you can't underestimate the impact that must probably had on you. I mean, you talk about like, how, how did that affect you when you heard that news? Oh, I was gutted, and I think it, it probably dragged the whole sort of place down a bit um, because that just completely wipes off two, two wins, doesn't it? And uh, I think whereas our hopes maybe at the start of the season were uh, like, obviously promotion is all, whatever championship side you're in, that's always the, the aim at the start of the season is, well, we could get playoffs or we could get automatics or whatever. Um, and, and that's always in your mind. But then to get them six points, we're just like, oh, now we might be fighting down towards the end of the table. And I think that in itself, dragging the lads down, um, doesn't help at all. And I think, yeah, it's, it's easy for people to say, oh, well, if you'd got six extra points, then you'd have only just been outside the relegation zone. But it's, it's bigger than that, you know. Um, and especially the time of the season that the, the points came, um, was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it, it really did affect everyone, I think, and yeah, you, don't, you, you never want to be sort of fighting around the bottom, you want to be towards the top, so yeah, it was really tough. Yeah, I think people underestimate the psychology of what happens with those events, yeah. so the psychology of it, like you're saying, it's not just the playing staff, is it? It's everyone. No, yeah. Because like, also all of a sudden, that word at Fulham, that's kind of gone. Yeah. And you think, hang on, how much effort do you have to put in to get that? Yeah. yeah. And it's insane. It hasn't gone, but it feels like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that's, that's bottom. Yeah. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining us on the first part of this, Tom. On the second part, we're going to ask some fan questions, and uh, we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. So, cheers. <laughs> Hi, if you've enjoyed this podcast, go over to Apple or Spotify and give us a five-star review. That would be absolutely brilliant. Or you could sign up to our Kofi account and make a donation to us on a monthly basis basis and you get some extra bonus like early access and some extra podcasts every month so cheers thank you